Looking for the latest on the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies? Yeah. We've got you covered. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the Sports Zone. It's Olsen, Scott Gerard. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. And make sure to join JJ and Alex Thursday from 3 to 6 at the RV Show at the Mountain America Expo Center. One-stop marketplace for every kind of outdoor recreational vehicle. Tickets available at utahrvshow.com. I just can't even believe what happened with Greenlaw. Oh, my You know, gosh. that's the hardest thing for me to really comprehend in all of the Super Bowl storylines. So for those of you that don't know, um, Dre Greenlaw is as good a linebacker as you're going to find. He was the second leading tackler for this 49ers team. Scotty, coming into this game, he'd racked up 138 tackles coming into this game. 138 tackles, five sacks. Um, He's pretty much done it all. Yep. I mean, he and Fred Warner are as good of a combo of linebackers as you'll see. Well, and Fred Warner is the only player on the team with more tackles than Dre Greenlaw. So you've, you've got Greenlaw, who the 49ers started out pretty hot. You know, they, they had a nice offensive drive that went down the field. It resulted in a turnover. But then they had another good offensive drive that got points. They got up 10 to nothing. Kansas City wasn't able to do anything in the first half of this game. And Dre Greenlaw was right in the middle. He was right in the mix of every stop and doing everything big. Yep. And for those of you that have not seen the video of this, Dre Greenlaw gets lined up on the sideline like we used to see Bronco Mendenhall's guys do. And they're all kind of hyping themselves up, and they're kind of getting ready to run out as a position group. And as he goes to press off of that sideline to run onto the field, you just see his Achilles. It, it flies off the back of the heel, rolls up into his calf, and he goes down into a heap of pain. And it's like, what? How? How is one of the most conditioned, one of the most freakish athletes, one of the toughest men on the planet, how is his Achilles going to pop as he's coming off the sideline to go just, take the field? Just like that. And it makes you think. Yeah. Is it, is, does Kansas City just have like a like some type of voodoo halo over the top of them that protects yeah, them? Yeah, I don't know who made a deal with the devil with that team, but <laughs> it's nuts. And, and and the thing that you feel bad for him is that, look, you never want a guy to get severely injured, but an Achilles, especially where you've got to go lateral as much as you do and – and it, you know, there's so much side to side, and there's so much movement there that I don't know if I would rather see an ACL. I think I'd rather see an ACL than I would an Achilles. I, that could be a career killer for him. I mean, he'll come back and he'll play, but the chances of him ever being the same player again is pretty slim. Now they've made a lot of great strides in Achilles, but an ACL he can come back from and be relatively the same player. And Achilles, we're still up in the air on that. And then number two is it happened in February. Like, he's pretty much out all of next season. Yes. Yeah. Like, like No, he, that's a good point. Like I didn't if, even think about if that. If that happens in September, you can get him back, you know, in a good chunk of next year. But the fact is, this is February. 
he's not coming back next year. I mean, and if he does, it's going to be late, late in the season, which means San Francisco is going to have to put him on, you know, IR, you know, and then kind of tinker with roster spots all season to try and it'll be will he or won't he and oh his recovery's ahead of schedule and it'll it'll just turn into a weird like cam rising situation for sam for san francisco next year to the point where i just don't think he'll he'll be able to come back it's just too late in the season so it really really not only is it going to impact his career it's going to impact san francisco and what they're able to do next year and it's just i mean it's just heartbreaking on so many levels and you're right to have it happen like that in the Super Bowl, Ugh. in the most critical position in yep. trying to contain Patrick Mahomes. Okay, so and you wonder how that game goes if he's out on the field because they went they they started yeah. targeting his replacement real quickly. It, it, you know, people hate it when we do that, but I'm going to tell you, the game's different. Yes, it's different with Greenlaw on the field. Okay, number two, this is this is bizarre. Number two, Moody was. 68 was 67 of 68 on extra points coming into that kick and had not had a single extra point blocked in his career. Think about this. This kicker through the season goes 67 of 68 through the postseason and the regular season. He had one miss. I did not look into what the one miss was. I don't know what the situation. I do know it's it was not a block. Yeah. And somehow, this guy boots it low enough that Kansas City gets their hand on it, and that blocked extra point changed more than probably what the injury changed. Because once you block that extra point, and it is now a three-point game, it changes everything for Kansas City. It takes all of the fear and the emotion and the hurry away because Patrick Mahomes is like, oh, at the very minimum. Oh, I'll get us into field goal range. I'm not worried range. about that. Yeah. Instead of pressing and being like, guys, we have to get into the end zone. Oh, and by the way, we have to hurry on this possession because if we don't get in the end zone on this one, field goal does us no good. We need another possession. Yeah. And so, you know, you're, everything you're doing is accelerated instead of like, hey, guys, play it cool, man. And, and if we got we'll, – We'll just kick the yeah, plus field goal. you got a kicker that just set the record for the longest field goal in NFL history right after Moody set one earlier in the game. Yeah. So you know that, frankly, all you have to do is get maybe to the 40 and you're golden. And that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's a stroll in the park for yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, because you're in that Allegiant Stadium. You know, you're protected from any weather. You, you, you know, as a kicker, the elements are perfect for you. The ball's yep. soft, perfect amount of air. The holders should be precise, and that's why we did see, what was it, 57, longest in Super Bowl history. That's crazy. Yeah. Was it 57? 57. The first one was 55, the Moody hit, and then Bucker knocked it in from 57. So, like, like those two things, some of the most freakish things that could have possibly happened in a Super Bowl. And then, I have not checked this let me see if I can find how many fumbles McCaffrey had through the entire season. Uh, he had two lost fumbles <laughs> the, on through, the season. Through the whole season. Yep. Okay. Okay. So, Scotty, he had two lost fumbles on 272 carries. So, out of 272 times that he'd carried a football, he had two lost fumbles. And he lost one. 
in the first possession to start this Super Bowl. What are the odds of that? I know. The Achilles, the blocked extra point, the fumble by McCaffrey. What are the odds of this? And we could go to the muff punt that hit off the ankle of one of the 49er players. And then we got to go all the way to overtime where they still find their way in overtime yeah. to a coach that completely muffs overtime. That was as botched as the punt. Yes. That yep. was as broken as the Achilles. Yep. hundred percent. You know, I, How? it just, it just, it was a colossal set of events by can by San Francisco that you just had everything lined up for you. Kansas City wasn't great for the first half of that game. You were in control and you couldn't put your foot on the throat. And and you let Kansas City hang in there. They're going to get confident. The offense eventually is going to get rolling and and they did. Uh I just the other thing too that really annoyed me is the game really now San Francisco was able to overcome it with the holding penalty on that last drive. Or was it? I can't remember. Well, it was either the overtime drive or the drive right before overtime where they kicked the field goal. Um, but Kansas City, and I've complained about this forever because I see Denver play Kansas City twice a year and usually get, they get their butt kicked. Lloyd, you know what this is like. Kansas City's offensive line was holding like crazy. There were tons of holds. And nothing was getting called. Mm-hmm. Nothing was getting called. Now, San Francisco got away with a bad one on a late drive, and then they eventually got hit with one. But I don't know, man. I was losing my mind, and I was tweeting about it like crazy because on that one big Patrick Mahomes run, not the one on fourth and one, but the one where he, the ins- where he uh, kind of the read option where he ran to the outside yeah. and got like 20. Yeah. Blatant hold on yeah. that one. I mean, there were some really and, – and officials were like, nope, let it go. And I don't know what's going on with Kansas City and their inability and the officials' inability to throw holding calls on them, but it was blatant. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't throw. They 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 overlooked a lot on both sides. Yeah, San Francisco got away with a, a couple of pretty decent grabs. the The calls were minimal. Yeah, and I prefer that. And, yeah, and for, me too. And the only time I got upset about it because you're right, there was a really bad hold on San Francisco, and I'm like, and I even tweeted, I'm like, okay, it's kind of even. Yeah. But then when they got hit on the Kittle hold, I was like, okay, wait a minute. No, no, no. It, it, it ruled the law. It was hold, but you're letting a lot go on one side. Now San Francisco was able to get a first down on that, on the I think on the next play on the on the pass play to the sideline. There were a couple of things officiating wise. I, and really, Scotty and I have not touched on officiating for the full, whatever, two and a half hours we've been on air because I think that it was a, a very minimal thing in anything, any of the results of this game, I personally. Yeah. But if we're going to talk officiating, there were two things. So, two, or were there three things? Two things that come to mind that really bugged me. Number one, they were not calling defensive hands to the face. And there were multiple times defensive linemen were throwing their hands up in the face mask. And my guess is the officials weren't calling that because they weren't calling the holding. They were allowing the holding to get away. So they're like, hey, look, if we're going to let the offensive line grab some cloth, let's let the defensive line put their hands up there and let's let those guys just get after scrum. It. Fair enough. Let's let them beat each other up because there were some brutal hands to the face. The, the other one that bugged me, and I know there's one more, but I can't think of it. The other one that bug, bugged me. The letter of the law on the horse collar tackle is not what they called, in, in my opinion. And, and maybe I need to go back and refresh myself on the horse collar tackle. Yeah. The but, one on Purdy? Yeah. You saw the horse yeah. collar call. 
it, it came off the shoulder pad. It ended up on part of the jersey. And at no point did the defender sag and drop himself into the back of the ball carrier. It, and he ended up with only the jersey. So it wasn't the pad bringing down to the ground. It's, it touched the pad, caught the jersey, and never pulled it down, just kind of went out of bounds. I thought that that was a pretty weak horse collar call. Yeah. Didn't like it. And I know there was one more, and I'm forgetting what it was. There was one other call that I had circled, and I forgot to put it in my notes. But they really did let the trench. Yeah. They, they turned a blind eye. Yeah. Which I kind of like, but then you kind of hate. But I think in the end, it, yeah. it probably squared itself out pretty pretty yeah. well. Well, if you're going to turn a blind eye, then you can't. They'd be like, oh, I'm going to call this here in an important part yeah, of the game. Yeah, the, the the, and that's the thing. Had they yeah. not called that one on Kittle, I would have been totally fine. Because yeah. when they called that on Kittle, I was like, okay, because Kansas City been getting around the edge a lot. Yeah. And there had been those guys that – because those guys are out on island, your tackle or your tight end. And that's that's where you can really see that jersey tug or the guy put his hands up trying to fight through it. And Kansas City was getting away with a lot. like that through the night. There was. And San Francisco got away with a couple. But there was one key on that final drive where they blew the whistle or where they threw the flag. And I was like, no, you can't do it. And so when they yeah. and when they threw that's that. That's fair. And then when they threw that, I was like, ah, see, that's not okay. That's fair. Because that looks ugly. Yeah. Like, hmm, interesting moment to call that. There was a defensive holding call that was questionable, too. And I'm trying to remember what was the, the one on Sneed. Oh, no, it was the one on the last dri- or in overtime, the first drive in overtime on the third down. That's it. Yep. Yeah. That's it. So there were some some calls. Yeah. Uh, what about the what was it? There was a 15 yard um, penalty that came off of one of the corners. That was Sneed where he slapped him. Where he slapped him. Yeah. That was one of the most ridiculous moments of the night, too. How selfish and how stupid yeah. are you in that moment in front of the official? The official had come to the scrum, and he slaps the guy across the head. There were a lot of ridiculous moments yeah. last night, too. Hands and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Angie's with us as we are live here at Jimmy's Flowers. Valentine's Day is coming up, and Angie's here to make sure that you're a hero on Valentine's Day. You know what? We are the right call. Oh, the yes. officials, you know, that's one thing. You know, I watch the game. You know, you cheer, you cheer. But you want you want cheers at home? This is where you call. This, this is the right call, people. There is no <laughs> doubt about that. <laughs> right. You're the uh, plant department, I one of the am. plant department managers. Uh, you are going through inventory like crazy right now. You Seeing guys walking out of here with big smiles and big bouquets. Yes. Yes. And you know what? We get fresh shipments in all the time. Our plant department, we always are getting fresh shipments as well. Um, we've got beautiful orchids. We've got anthurium. We've got azaleas. We've got colanchos. We've got, I mean, we've got succulents. We, I could go on and on. It's my favorite thing here. But, you know, it doesn't matter if you're in the plant department. It doesn't matter if you're on the display floor. It doesn't matter if you're in here for just fresh flowers that are absolutely breathtaking also. You will get something you love. Um, there's something for everybody. I got to mention the succulents that you were just talking yeah. about because I've got a daughter that is head over heels about them. Right. And so, guys, if you're thinking, oh, okay, well, I want something that lasts a little bit longer, 
I'm telling you, these succulents are incredible. They're just a cool, waxy-looking plant yeah. that, that live, and you've got them potted. We do. In a really nice pot, and that could be a really fun Valentine's gift. Yes. Um, they're beautiful. We do a nice assortment of them. They're all sorts of echeverias. There's all sorts of hawarthias and gasterias and lots of variety and color that are just as unique as our flowers. And they're beautiful. They mm-hmm. really are. Um, something that's been doing really well is the bromeli- the bromeliad cells. Excuse me. The bromeliad cells, um, they, they're just showy. It's gloomy. It's not tropical here. We all can't afford to head off to our favorite mm-hmm. tropical beach. But you can always get something that says, hey, a bottle of suntan lotion and this and we're going to have a great night. <laughs> right, right. Here's a towel, and I'll throw some sand. But yeah. no, seriously, <laughs> you know, it, they're, they're beautiful. Yeah. We, we carry a nice selection in all three of our stores, and um, I love them, and I hope everybody else does. Well, I would encourage guys that just think, okay, it's Valentine's Day. I'm going to get your roses. Expand your horizons a little bit. They're beautiful, yes. I mean, I, hands down, the flowers are great. Yeah. I'm not going to – but I – I my heart's kind of in the plants a little bit too. So yeah. yeah, there's something for everybody. And it's not boring and just green. We have all sorts of colors and styles as well that last as long as and longer sometimes than your fresh flowers. That's awesome. Yeah. Well there, go ahead, sorry. No, no, you go ahead. This no, is... I was gonna say we're just excited to see what, what's a popular and what people come in and buy and purchase and what, you know, different trends happen at different times of year. So it's awesome. I'm telling you, Valentine's Day coming up in two days from now on Wednesday. Go to jimmysflowers.com. You can make your order there. Uh, just a few delivery spots available for Wednesday. So make sure if you need it delivered, you get in there now and get it taken care of. Also, you got the locations, Leighton, Ogden, Bountiful. Uh, if you heard all the name of all the plants that were just mentioned and it just flew over your head, you just come in and say, look, this is what I have. Make something beautiful for me, and you guys can knock it out of the park. Yes, and we will re-educate you on correct whatever so you look like a shining star when you walk in with that plant no one's ever heard of. We will tell you the name and how to take care of it. Jimmy'sFlowers.com or locations in Leighton, Ogden, Bountiful. It's all right here on 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. The radio voice of the Utah Jazz, the one and only David Locke. I suspect we're going to see a lot more Taylor Hendricks before the end of the year. What do you make of that? He has to start playing at some point, and think we can get an asset in exchange for clearing playing time for him. That's what you just did. I think it'll be really interesting to watch. He's been in the G League for a long time. This will rejuvenate him. Some of his play as of late felt a little bit like maybe he'd been there for a long time, and I think it'll be really interesting. He showed defensive flashes. I think he's going to have to learn how to play hard. I think he's going to have to learn how to play every night which is hopefully two things he learned in the G League. And then I don't expect, like, massive skill development. He's still, you know, over time going to have to learn how to dribble and pass. And I just hope we see a little bit more than just a corner three shooter. Like, I'd like to see him play inside of a team concept now that he knows he's going to be getting 20 minutes of the night. Here, Jake Scott and Ben Anderson every day from 10 to noon on 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. The wheel is loaded, and it's time to talk some sports. This is Sports Roulette with Hanson Scotty on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.
Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Time for another edition of Sports Roulette. We take some of the big storylines we've not had a chance to get to. We put it on the roulette wheel. We spin it wherever that little ball lands, what we end up talking about. It's all brought to you by UCCU. Love where you bank. Utah Community Credit Union. Learn and earn with the app paying your family to learn about money. All right. Lloyd, fire up that wheel. We lose, he wins. Stinking Drake, man. Did you see how much money he put on this game? Oh, boy. He put $1.15 million on the Chiefs and the minus, or it would have been Chiefs plus one and a half. Yeah, yeah, Niners were a point and a half favorite. He walked away with $2.3 million. Oof. All righty, then. I hope one day we see a where are they now, and he's, <laughs> and he's just broke. I mean, here's the thing. He's like, broke, living in a dumpster. But the thing is, the guy doesn't – yeah, that's not going to happen as much as we all wish it would. Oh, but it would be so Oh, nice. it would be great. But, you know, him and Mayweather and these, like, just compulsive gamblers, they never send out the tweets of their losses. Nope. Nope. Only their wins. Only their wins. So I, I imagine this dude's racked up some pretty impressive losses. He tweeted out the ticket the day before. Oh, no, he bought the ticket the day of the game, but tweeted out the ticket, I think, the day after the game. Oh, I'm sure. Or, yeah. or Instagrammed it or whatever he does. Have you ever heard Drake's music? Uh, Yeah. Does he do anything that's mainstream? Oh, yeah, there's a lot of mainstream songs. Or is he more just like uh, Instagram famous? Oh, no, 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 no. He's he's super famous. Would I know a song of his? Uh, you probably you probably would hear one and be like, yeah, okay, I've heard that before. Because all I've ever heard of Drake is that he's a flavor clown with different teams. Oh, that's true. That's 100% true. Like he gloms on. To Kentucky and, and some of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he 100% does. No, I'm, yeah. No, you're spot on with that. Well, he won. He put one point one five million. I can't even imagine having a million dollars to put down on a bet. That's so bizarre. I put, you know, if if I put ten dollars on a bet, oh, I'm like, uh, I know, like, when, <laughs> like if I'm down in Vegas and I and and I'm at a blackjack table or whatever, I'm looking at like I put twenty dollars in. I'm staring at those four or five dollar chips, and I'm like, I'm gonna put those aside. Yeah, and we're gonna play off our winnings because I gotta hold on to that. House money now. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> You're all in trouble. <laughs> you want to uh, comp a room, or do you want me to just keep working you? Sheesh. What do you want me to do here? That's that's a different mindset there. Yeah, 1.15 on a single bet. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much money you have. 1.5 million on a bet is ridiculous. Drake. That's, it, it always makes me sick when good things happen to bad people. Yeah. Not that I know. I don't, I'm sure he's a yeah. fine person. I've heard a lot of ugly rumors about him. All right. There's your good. Or excuse me. There's uh, there's the first up on the wheel. Lloyd, spin it again. UCLA saves a ton of money on their coach. We got a new head man at uh, UCLA as Chip Kelly uh, steps away from the program to be the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. So the new head coach is Deshaun Foster. Agreed to a five-year contract. He did had just taken a job as the Raiders running back coach earlier this month. 
but decided to uh, return to UCLA to become a I'm the head coach. Got him on the cheap, right? Yep, 100%. And that's been the knock on UCLA is that they do things on the cheap. You really got Deshaun Foster on the cheap. He's not. Oh, I just put I put my head down in my hand because I'm just like, what are you thinking, man? What are you thinking? Do you not want to make a dent? You are headed into one of the most difficult conferences in the world. And you hire a running backs coach? From the Raiders, nonetheless. Why? Well, because before he was with the Raiders, he put a lot of guys into the league. What? What? They say the players really like him. He's got a real gift with people he can fundraise. Nobody wants to spin on a loser, man. Nope. You know the way you fundraise? You win. Win. Yep. That's how you fundraise. Yep. You could be as slick as anybody in the world. Quick talker, good friends in high places. They don't care. You got to win. Yep. That's what it all comes down to. You win, and then all of a sudden, the booster money starts following. And you, you think Jim Harbaugh had a gift of gab with the boosters? No, he wouldn't mess around with those guys at all. <laughs> right. The money started flowing when he started winning. Yep. Two years ago, they tried to run him out of town after the 2020 season. Had to take a reduced salary on his contract. That's right. Okay, and, and the word was, well, he can't beat Ohio State. Yeah. All of a sudden, he starts winning, and people are like, please don't leave us. Yeah, we'll give you whatever you want. And he did, too. He, he signed some big money contracts. Yep. So $12 million a year or something like yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, they would have made him the highest paid coach in college football had he stayed. <laughs> and where's He's that money coming from? The boosters. The boosters. He's going to be a great fundraiser. He's going to be a flop. Yeah, this is uh, – when so there's sometimes where you see a guy get hired, and you think, okay – He's going to get fired. And this is what's going to happen to UCLA. The only good thing that's happened to UCLA is they are is they are a university that happens to be in Southern California, in Los Angeles, and USC needed somebody to come with them. That's right. That's all they brought to the table. Nobody goes to their games anymore. There's no excitement. Their facilities, I mean, look, they play in the most majestic college stadium in all of college football. But yet, other than that, they're... Their facilities stink. They don't fund the program well. Athletics isn't a huge priority. They just happen to be tied at the hip with USC. That's all they have going for them. And they mess it up. And they'll mess it up. Yep. And USC's like, hey, come on, guys. We're, we're, I'm bringing you to the party. Can you not embarrass me? <laughs> it's like that guy that, you know, your buddy from, you know, that you grew up in elementary school with. And, and you know, you know you got to be loyal to him a little bit. But he's like, hey, can you, can you not embarrass me in front of these people? This is a this is a this is a big party we're going to here. It's maddening to me, man. One of the most coveted jobs in the entire country, and you give it to a guy that's coached running backs. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I hope they fail. Uh they will. They will. All right. Hans and Scotty will wrap up this bad boy next, right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. 
This is this is DJ and PK. BYU football coach Kalani Sataki. I was just telling Jake when I got on that you guys are usually in a better mood towards the end of the show, you know. And <laughs> I remember when I was a younger coach doing the early morning parts. You guys a little bit more ornery, especially PK, you know. So I'm, I'm glad to be on the prime spot with you guys, and I'm going to enjoy this interview. Oh, he's giving me up. I've already enjoyed the interview. I think Kalani's work here is done. I just mentioned that earlier this week, and PK lost his mind. I am not. But that was back then. The point I'm making is I can be just as crotchety now. No. I think you're in a bad mood now because it's not golf weather right now. But as soon as the weather picks up and moves on, we can open the golf courses. We will get PK at his best. This guy knows me. He's dropping truth bombs left and right here. This is Kalani's psychological profile of PK. Spot on. Catch DJ and PK. Mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Hyundai. Utah's number one Hyundai dealer for 16 years in a row. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Number one. Miss any part of the show? Every moment of every show is available in podcast form. By searching Hans and Scotty on your favorite podcasting platform or online at kslsports.com. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Standing here beside you, want so much to give you this love in my heart that I'm feeling for you. Fun show today, wrapping up the NFL season. Kind of a sad show, too, Hans. Yeah. We won't break down another football game until August. Yeah. That is a heartbreaker. But we will bring you crazy 60 and 60 lists. Our 60 and 60 this year is going to be wild. Yes. And, of course, spring coverage will be coming up next month. So spring ball coverage, but as far as actual football and the greatness of it. Ah, oh, boo. We got a while. Things got to. I guess we have a little preseason in July, maybe. Fall camps in July. I might need to get up to the spectrum one more time before this basketball season's over, though, because that you was. Caught, you caught the vibe of that place. Man, Lloyd, wasn't that crazy? Oh, that fan base. And, and I've seen a game at BYU, too, uh, at the Marriott Center. That They're, they're fun. You've that's heard, that's you've, a fun crew uh, on both sides. That one's more a little bit, uh, the language gets a little bit right. more loose there in Logan. Yeah, they use the word Even the young kids. We had the kids lot. right in front of us were, knew all the chants and saying suck. And I was like, wow. Yeah, they, huh. they, they're some, it's abrasive. <laughs> I mean, these kids were five. I'm like, but what, oh. But what was really crazy was the rubber glove clapping. I was crazy. You put rubber gloves on, so you clap, and it's louder. It's more of a spanking. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a new thing this year. I had not seen that until this year. It's surgeon's gloves, yeah. and they clap with surgeon's gloves, and it's uh, a, a sharper spank noise, like like a high-pitched <laughs> spanking. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. Oh, hey, great job on the Stu Moral Tribute. I thought you narrated it really well, and I thought that Stu was awesome. Yeah. He, he, there was really no moments of being serious. He was just joking pretty much the whole time. Yep. Kept it pretty quick. Loved up his players. Loved up the student section. They had about 70 players there in attendance. 
they honored a couple teams uh, as well. But uh, yeah, that was uh, there were a lot of former players there. A lot of really cool moments. That was that was a special night. And then I like the uh, the way they put the Stu Morrill signature on the court. Yep, I think it looks really sharp. And he deserves it too. Absolutely deserves it. Seventeen years. Seventeen years. Um, went to postseason. I think fifteen out of the seventeen years. Bunch of NCAA tournaments. A bunch of Coach of the Year honors. A bunch of conference championships. Just. Tremendous run. Really good dude. Yep. Yep. So congratulations to him and his family. That was a fun night to be a part of. Yeah, it was. I was glad I was there and uh, had a blast with Lloyd and Jessica and Amanda. We we cheered our butts off and, and laughed and bumped into some old teammates and had a great time. All right. Well, that wraps it up for us. Uh, JJ and Alex coming up next. We're live here at uh, Jimmy's Flowers as Nate's hanging out with us. And, uh, again, Valentine's Day coming up two days from now. And you put it off. You put it off. Well, you can't put it off any longer, Nate. we got to get this done. Let's get your flowers ordered and get them on their way. Yep, that's right. Yep, we do still have a few spots left open for delivery on Wednesday. Um, we got plenty of spots on Tuesday. We, ha- we do have a lot of people doing it on Tuesday as well. So It's not a bad idea. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with getting it done early. Yeah, exactly. So I, we would encourage that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it easier for us if they're spread out a little bit instead of all on Valentine's Day. But we get it. I mean, everyone wants to make that presentation on valentine's day so we're happy to do that well just a big heads up man we're we're on it like it's it's wednesday and it's going to be here before you know it come in get this bouquet get it going and and your dad was talking about one of my favorite things about the jimmy flowers bouquet is they last yeah they sit on the counter and they are brilliant and beautiful and smell great for a long time they aren't like the flowers that you're going to get at other places these are beautiful and brilliant for a long time Right. I mean, I think I was, I overheard him talking a little bit, but how he was mentioning, we get our flowers directly from the farm. So they're cut, they're put in boxes and they're sent right to us. So, you know, they're not sitting around for a long time before they get to us. And, and obviously, you know, we always say around here, you know, nature's not perfect. Obviously you get a few roses that randomly maybe don't last as long, but you know, we, we stand behind our product. We're happy to replace anything that ever shows up. It doesn't last. Um, We're happy to do that. So. Well, I mean, and the thing is, Jimmy's Flowers is such an institution from your grandpa now down to this generation as well. I mean, you guys have really established a foothold because people know that this is where you go when you want high-quality flowers. Because you can go to a gas station and get a rose, but don't be that guy. I mean, if you're going to do it, do it right. That doesn't sound like that. That'll almost (laughs) almost work against you more than it'll help you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And most people don't know, but there are certain parts of the world where um, flowers are grown that aren't at the better quality than than the ones that like roses for example the the highest quality roses are are grown in ecuador but there's also a lot of roses that are grown in mm-hmm. colombia but because of the altitude um they can't get the the better quality of rose that ecuador can and, and a lot of the cheaper you know places like you mentioned usually not all the time but usually get ecuador and rose because they're cheaper right and so they're more appealing to some people but if you didn't notice that difference that's that's where the difference comes in so that's, I mean, this is the science behind what you guys do, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, I mean, it would probably be more financially benefit for, your, for you guys to do, go that route. But you guys put quality ahead of everything. Exactly. And we, I think my dad mentioned we took a trip down to Ecuador uh, two years ago, went and actually saw the process of everything. And um, if you look on our Instagram, one of our highlights, it has a, um, all the videos and stuff from our trip down there. It's, it's mm. amazing, all the work that. Are those flower fields just, incredible? Oh yeah, I mean, there, there. I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of rose farms just in Ecuador, but 
Um, one of the biggest ones down there that we were visiting, they they cut like two million, like close to two million stems a week. Jeez. A week. A week. And a Valentine's Day, you can only imagine how many more they're cutting. So it's it's crazy. They got, I mean, everyone knows baby's breath, right? The little white flowers, accent stuff. There's a farm that has just acres and acres. They have like over 500 people that are just in the facility to package it. So the they have, breath. yeah, they have like a thousand people just cutting it and, you know, 500 people packing it. So it's amazing. Just the the work that goes into all of it. That's what makes so. Jimmy's the best. Yeah, no doubt. And again, go to jimmysflowers.com. You can order there. Uh, and you can arrange the delivery on the website too, right? Yep. Yeah, you can choose delivery dates on there. So. Okay, so you got delivery options at jimmysflowers.com. You can come to any of the locations, Layton, Ogden, and Bountiful. You can pick up a pre-made bouquet that's already designed, ready to go in the vase and just walk out. Uh, or you can have somebody here help you design something. There's so many great options for you. It's at Jimmy's Flowers. But bottom line is... Valentine's Day on Wednesday. Don't screw it up. Don't be a moron. Get yourself squared away for Valentine's Day. And uh, Jimmy's Flowers is here to help. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. Thank you, Thanks, guys. Thanks, Nate. Uh, JJ and Alex next, 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone.